This is What Happens If with Daniel and Jan on Joy. Well, let's get straight into it, shall we? Yeah, no, let's not waste any time. Let's not waste any time. Thank we you to Judy be... Kelly for the news. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. What about that nut fire? <laughs> yeah, it's raging. Steer clear of that. Yeah. I always have and I always will. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I talked over your joke there. That's fine. Okay. People will still get it. You're just going to have to pause, <laughs> go back about 10 seconds and you'll hear the punchline. <laughs> it's to do with pants and creams. Oof. Been there. Um, hey, this is What Happens If on Joy 94.9. My name is Daniel Roberts. My name is Jan Pietro. <laughs> <laughs> and don't you doubt it for a second. <laughs> and tonight we're asking, what happens if we change emphasis on different words? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of that show. And now let's move on to the actual show. The actual show is what happens if I can't sleep? Mm. Uh, tricky one, isn't it? Yeah. Do you ever have trouble sleeping? I have the last two nights. Oh. Do you know what? I haven't told you this. I didn't. We didn't discuss this. No, I, we didn't. I sleepwalk. <gasps> Are you excited? That is so. Because that kind of thing is so fascinating to me. Because right. I don't. I've never sleepwalked. Sleepwalked. Oh, really? My brother does. Have but you spoken in your sleep? Have you ever, have uh, you I do sleep? sleep. I do speak in my sleep. Yep. Sleep I, speak. I sleep speak. Um, well, I get up. Where do you go? Well, um, my girlfriend loves to retell the story to everyone about how we were staying at a at a place in Brisbane. It was one of her relatives' places, and um, she woke up to me climbing the bedside table. Oh my god! Yeah, I was up on the I was climbing the bedside table. Hang on, so a little bedside table with like little drawers, yeah, with a lamp on it, two drawers, and, and I you was were climbing it on top of it. Up you go. Yeah, and then the other but time asleep. I- so weird, so freaky, yeah. oh, isn't it? Very freaky. Oh, yeah, it's very freaky. Eyes open. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. You can have a full out conversation with me. And I'm like, dude. So the other one was where my girlfriend woke up. And <laughs> I, at the time, this I think goes further to what dreams are about. But at the time, I was um, directing a film that I'd written. Okay. And oh, I well. got up during the day, uh, during the night, and was doing that. And she said, oh, that I, was going, the film. I was going, yep, yeah, no, put that over there. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. And let's go again. Another take. And action. action. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, so, you that's know, so cute. Getting things done night and day. That's so cute. Yes. Oh. You've had trouble sleeping in the past. Yeah, I have. Um, well, this is why the fun thing about this show is once you feel you have a problem, you're like, well, rather than go to the doctor, I'll just ask someone to come on the radio and tell me how to fix it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, I have had trouble sleeping and uh, it's probably been since I was about 18, I reckon, uh, since I was at uh, the Australian Ballet School mm. training full-time to be a ballet dancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, insomnia kicked in. Got all black swan. Yeah, got a bit black swan, exactly. <laughs> Pulling sca- uh, feathers out of me fingernails. Right. All sorts of things. Um, it's a horrifying dream, that film, isn't it? Oh, it is a horrifying dream. Like. So, so what was it like? You think it's sort of tied to anxiety, you were saying? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I assume it is. God, I hope it is, otherwise I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely anxiety driven. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because you are fearing the next day. Mm. So you don't want to go to sleep mm. because you're worried about what's coming next. I thought that was really interesting what you said. You said it was anxiety driven, but then you said the thing, the thought was you don't want to not fall asleep and that makes you not fall asleep. Yes, exactly. Because I'm worried that I'm going to be lying there awake. 
So the fear of lying there awake and being frustrated, I'd rather just stay awake. And that's just more anxiety. Yes, but then you also hope that if you keep yourself uh, distracted, that you eventually will just fall asleep. You know what I mean? Does that work? Uh, well, I've definitely come into... I've definitely developed some good habits. Mm. Um, there's certain podcasts that I listen to, like newsy kind of lifestyle podcasts. Not this one, because this yep. one amps me up, because I love it so much. Um, but yeah. uh, the certain podcasts I listen to that, that help, help me fall asleep. Yeah. Um, I'll put on... Certain voices. Certain voices, exactly. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, and also actually lying in bed and repeating yeah. what is being said. If you're listening to this right now and you're trying to get to sleep, yeah, what, and should, we, what and should we give people? And I'll, I'll be going, if you're listening to this right now and you're trying to sleep, like I'll be repeating okay. it word for word, like as if I, because that makes me concentrate let's, on something. Let's give them a phrase. Um, nut fire in Melbourne, nut fire in Melbourne. Steer clear, that. steer clear, steer <laughs> just, clear. Just repeat that over and over again. People will be running around with their hands down their pants. <laughs> That's what I would do. If I was to sleepwalk about a nut fire, <laughs> uh, it'd be chaos. <laughs> They're climbing up the curtains. There's a nut fire in here. <laughs> this is nuts. <laughs> yeah. Like those little hazelnut vendors on the street. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. They, they sell salty, sweet nuts. Yeah, and which is very bizarre because never once have I been walking down the street of, like, walking down Swanson Street and been like, mmm, could do with some warm hazelnuts right now. <laughs> no. Does not, no, that's, that's not a need that strikes me. not hit the mark. Um, but yeah, so I've always had uh, trouble sleeping and uh, have developed some good ways, also developed some bad ways and try and stay clear of the bad ways because they don't work. Mm. They're not... Like, I mean, people... I'm not a doctor, okay? Oh. So don't turn to me for advice. <laughs> Too late. Uh, wine uh, does not put you to sleep. That helps you pass out. Yeah. So if you drink a lot before you go to bed, mm. that is not sleep. That is being unconscious. Yeah, different. Different things. That's your brain shutting down completely. Yeah, probably. I, I would wager that you wouldn't dream. Isn't there also a thing that if you, uh, if you dream... Dreaming has something to do with your sense, your sense of sleep, like how deep sleep you are. Because then you, there's other yeah. dreams, other people that don't dream at all and they're quite deep sleepers. Yeah, sleepwalking, I know, um, cause I've been told, cause I yeah. tell people, it hits a certain, I suppose, I'm using the wrong word, but frequency. Yeah. I'm not a scientist. No. <laughs> it's, it, there's a frequency of sleep. Mm-hmm. It's like on the way to REM, but you're not quite there. Mm. So that I'm able to undertake physical actions and speak. But be asleep. I want to hit REM. We all want to hit REM. Ah, uh, for the days of REM. Yeah. Not REM. Great <laughs> band, but REM. What song do they sing? Never mind. That one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got some great guests. First up is Associate Professor at the Melbourne School of Psychological Sciences at Melbourne University, Amy Jordan. Brilliant. She'll be up to Professor Amy Jordan. She'll be here to tell us all about sleepity sleep, getting those nun eyes. Getting um, those Z's. And she has spent a lot of time looking into sleep apnea, which is interesting. That is. And I hope I never get it. No. Because it sounds awful. And I think you have to carry a machine around with you. Not ideal. <laughs> That's not ideal. <laughs> Unless it's oh, iPhone, I can barely, yeah, I can barely handle my phone. Oh, sorry, I spoke over your joke. <laughs> Do you want to deliver that again? <laughs> and uh, later on... We'll be going international. For the first time ever on What Happens If, yep. we are going international all the way to the UK to talk to Robert Shaw, who's a geologist, but also looks, does a lot of research into 24-hour cities wow. and how they've changed our lives. Mm. So, as usual, this is What Happens If. I'm Daniel, that's Jan, and we're asking, what happens if I can't sleep? 
This is Joy. Joy. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that, I like that one. Hey. Yeah. Joy. It's staccato. What do you think of my live copy? Where you want them, where you want them. <laughs> yeah, I'm going on with the emphasis theme. Where you want them, where you want them. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That's what, was, I... what was your first life copy at? Joy, well done. Yeah, thanks. Uh, this is What Happens If, in case you're just tuning in every week on What Happens If, we try and ask a different question. And tonight we're asking what happens if I can't sleep. Now, Jan, I, uh, when it comes to sleep, I trust the people that actually research sleep good and i should trust them more because i in the past have found different ways as we mentioned before yeah. of making myself fall asleep yeah and then since realizing hey that's not sleep that's no. called unconsciousness mm. um so yeah we should listen to the experts absolutely so luckily we have an expert with us uh her name her name is professor amy jordan she's an associate professor at the melbourne school of psychological sciences at melbourne university amy uh professor amy i should say thanks for joining us on what happens if uh welcome thanks for having me Absolute pleasure. Um, now, Amy, are you a good sleeper? Why, why are you so into sleep? Um, I am actually a really good sleeper. If I get the opportunity and I'm not disrupted by small children, then, ah. uh, yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, but uh, I really got into sleep because I thought it was pretty interesting. And um, uh, to be perfectly honest, I was looking to do uh, some research that uh, was into sleep that didn't involve too much staying up at night myself because I am fond of sleep. So, <laughs> um, so uh, these days, that's uh, it's a bit of a struggle. But um, yeah, <laughs> I guess a, that that's um, probably a hazard of the job that I wouldn't have um, thought of, which is the fact that someone's got to be conducting the research, and it, I imagine that quite often people have to be asleep to be a part of the research. That's exactly right. Yeah, we uh, we regularly have volunteers come into the lab who um, who sleep for us. Um, but in order for us to Tough gig. collect the data, we often need to uh, yeah, need to stay up ourselves in order to get it. So it is a sort of catch twenty two. You know the the negative consequences of uh, what your work is uh, involving. We'll get to the research in a second. But in terms of actually being a, uh, I'm going to call them a sleep model. Um, Amy, uh, when I'm quite an anxious uh, sleeper, so the idea of me being forced to sleep in front of people for people, I don't think I'd be able to fall asleep. Is there are people just do they, are they just really good sleepers, or do they have help when they come and see you? Um, I think yeah. So most of the experiments we do are uh, either on healthy normal volunteers who put their hand up to do these things, in which case. Um, you know, they they are self-selected good sleepers. All of those people who mm. are like, you know, I don't think I could do that. They um, naturally, uh, you know, don't volunteer for our studies. Yeah. Um, having said that, I did work for um, a few years in a clinical sleep lab and I would regularly have people come in and say, you know, I'm a terrible sleeper. I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to sleep with all this equipment on. And in hundreds and hundreds of people, I think I've only seen one who really, you know, was more like four o'clock in the morning before they started to doze at all. But just about everybody else would go to sleep. But um, certainly it's not uncommon for people to take longer to go to sleep in the lab than, um, than they normally would at home. That's that's definitely true. So this, so this, is, a, this is a tough topic, like, it seems like there's some practicalities that are difficult to deal with here, which is the fact that we all need to do this very well to be high functioning. And, and it's also a hard thing to get a grasp on in terms of research and in terms of, uh, like, like you're talking about now, just the logistics of it, having people sleep for you. So where, where are we sort of at with apnea research? Um, and where are we trying to get to in the, in the near future in terms of in making, making this something that's more um, manageable for people? Sure. 
Well, I mean, in terms of the apnea side of things, um, you know, I think uh, really the holy grail would be to come up with a new treatment that, um, you know, people uh, tolerate better than um, the current treatment involves wearing a mask on the face. And a lot of people are not, you know, particularly excited about that, as you can imagine. Um, They have to wear it for the rest of their life unless, you know, they have uh, significant weight loss or other things change so that they don't have apnea anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think in terms of the research, um, there's a lot of people working on either, you know, trying to come up with um, better understanding what causes the disorder so that we can come up with new and better treatments. Um, but uh, there's also a sort of line of thinking, well, there's lots of different things that cause people to have um, obstructive sleep apnea. And so um, if you can understand exactly what causes an individual to have um, the condition, then you might be able to tailor a um, specific treatment just for them. Um, So that's sort of where the the research is at um, in terms of sleep apnea. If we look at the more general world of sleeping, there's so much information out there. Do you have the answers for how many hours is the right amount of hours or is it up to the person? Um, it's very much up to the person. I mean, there's certainly recommendations and um, the National Sleep Foundation of America um, came out with sort of these uh, recommendations across the age because obviously a newborn sleep amount you know, requirements is very different to, you know, an adult or even an older adult. Um, it depends. And so there are... Um, sorry? It depends. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe there's... I mean, I think the, the normal sort of levels for adults, most adults between seven to nine hours is um, is what, you know, is a good amount of sleep. But there will be some individuals who really do function fine on, you know, six hours and others who need 10 hours. So um, there is individual variability, as you sort of discussed. But I think the tricky thing is often people aren't getting enough sleep and they think that six hours is fine. And even sometimes if they get more sleep, they actually, you know, feel worse. Um, but they don't sort of realise that actually their performance is um, is not as good as it would be, um, you know, if they slept for, for a longer period of time, um, you know, on a consistent basis. So if they got seven or seven and a half hours of sleep on a consistent basis, actually um, their performance in a lot of sort of um, testing of how their brain is functioning uh, is actually better in that situation. So it's a bit tricky because we get used to not having enough sleep and we sort of um, can con ourselves sometimes into thinking that we're just fine, whereas, uh, um, you know, that may not actually be the case. I'm not sure if this is something that you uh, have looked into a lot, but what about in terms of insomnia? Um, Mm -hmm. Is that an anxiety-driven disorder or is that something to do, is that neurological? Why does insomnia come along to some people? Because it's a terrible, terrible thing if you you really Mm -hmm. suffer from it. Yep. Um, so, um, so I don't do a lot of insomnia work myself, but, um, but what I do know about it is, um, that, uh, that anxiety can certainly contribute and lots of people who have anxiety, you know, will have insomnia and vice versa. Um, but exactly why, um, people get insomnia is it's not just anxiety for sure um you know there's sometimes people can say you break a leg or something um you know they might have pain for a while and so they start sleeping poorly and then they get into bad habits and um or they even if they're you know 
they're still um, sort of doing the right things in terms of what we refer to as sleep hygiene in terms of, you know, taking good care of your sleep and making sure your sleeping environment is good and um, these other sort of aspects. But, um, but you know, they might then associate the bed with this place where they toss and turn and they can't get to sleep. And so even a, you know, a sort of benign, non-anxiety-related um, event can occur that um, then triggers this sort of bad sleeping, if you like, or um, or difficulty with sleeping um, that can sometimes persist, um, you know, well after the, the leg is healed, for example. Um, so, yeah, there's an element of anxiety, um, but it's, it's certainly not the whole story. So when we're thinking about sleeping disorders and in, from what you know from your research, how, how what, what kind of a percentage sort of of the pie are we thinking about it as being bad habits or um, I suppose um, solvable risk factors like like um, weight loss or change in diet or things like that? So how do you sort of think about those two um, uh, contributing factors? Yeah. Whether it's whether it's just like you say, developing a bad habit around sleep, whether it's because you work a night shift or whether it's because you are overweight. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of reasons why people aren't getting enough sleep or aren't, uh, you know, getting good quality sleep. And um, so, you know, you touch on a couple of things for insomnia, you know, it can be that, um, or even just, you know, having difficulty going to sleep at night, not, you know, insomnia might be that, you know, you stay up till three o'clock in the morning, both days on the weekend, and then Sunday night, you got work the next day. So you try and, you know, go to bed at nine o'clock at night if you're a young adult you know this might be a, a sort of pattern that people can fall into mm. and so not surprisingly of course on sunday night they're not going to be able to go to sleep you know yep, really no, early it does not happen <laughs> that's right <laughs> um so you know keeping a consistent bedtime is an important you know within a half an hour or an hour or something um um, is important if you have difficulty sleeping some people are much more sort of tolerant of changes and can you know switch around and um you know do a night shift and then switch back to a day shift with more ease than other people um but uh but you know that's certainly one aspect and um again you know if you've got young kids and often you know if you have to get up to them it's not there's not actually a choice in the matter sometimes or if you you know if you are a shift worker um you don't uh, necessarily have choice about these things. It's not just people staying up late to party and socialise. <laughs> You're listening but, to uh, what... Sorry, go on. Go on. Go on. <clears throat> I was just going to say, in terms of apnea, though, um, there are, um, you know, somewhat modifiable risk factors, I suppose. So um, obesity is a big one. Um, but, uh, you know, as anyone who's tried to lose weight knows, it's actually really difficult to, um, you know, to lose weight and keep it off, which is what you really need to do in terms of um, improving your apnea. And then there's other factors, you know, such as just how you're the shape of the bones in your face and, um, you know, whether you're male or female, how old you are that contributes. And obviously a lot of those things, there's nothing you can do about. Mm, yeah. um, so there are, um, you know, things that we can um, sometimes do to improve our sleep. Um, but uh, often cases, you know, there are things that we can do, but um, for some conditions and some um uh, yeah, you know, some of these things, it's, uh, it's, 
not our own fault. It's uh, you know you just got to live with it as best you can. What about the um, the after the after lunch or nap, which I'm a huge fan of, uh, the food yeah. coma nap. Um, and uh, I mean, it does take me probably. I reckon it probably takes me about an hour to uh, come good after it. Um, but I right. do always feel like I need it. Is there is there any proof that napping kind of uh, helps rejuvenate you throughout the day? Um, certainly, if you're tired, um, then having a, a brief nap particularly um, definitely improves your performance on, you know, sort of alertness, being able to stay awake and attend to tasks. Um, so uh, that's certainly true if you, if you, you know, are already tired, that you can certainly get a boost in um, in energy and performance on sort of, uh, you know, what neurocognitive tests is what we would um, call it, where tests are, you know, looking at how well you function. But the trick is, if you have a long nap, um, then, uh, yeah, anything more than sort of half an hour, then you start to get into deep sleep. Mm. And when you wake up from deep sleep, you feel that really groggy, feel horrible, mm. um, yeah. you know, feel. And actually your performance when you're waking up from that deep sleep is actually worse initially. Um, yeah. So it's okay if you're doing it so that you can then, you know, have good performance for a few hours later, for example, or if you're, you know, if you're going on a long drive or something like that, then you wake up, have a, you know, cup of coffee, give yourself time to get over that sort of sleep inertia, um, but uh, you'll find better performance. But, of course, the other trick with having, if you have too much sleep in a nap is you'll, again, have difficulty sleeping at night. So um, it's kind of can be a catch-22, um, but certainly if people are sleep deprived, then um, you can get a, a definite boost in performance and, um, you know, for conditions such as narcolepsy, um, you know, physicians will sometimes prescribe a nap that somebody has to have a nap, you know, at certain times and employers have to, you know, accommodate that uh, as best they can so mm. that because they, um, you know, the benefits of a nap in terms of how you're performing are, are, um, can be quite marked. Well, um, Professor Amy Jordan, uh, it's really fascinating and all this talk is great. making me want to go have a little sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us on What Happens If. No problem. Associate Professor at the Melbourne School of Psychological Sciences um, Melbourne, at Melbourne University, that was Professor Amy Jordan. Up next, we're going international. Ooh. All the way to Newcastle University, baby. Newcastle. In the UK, not in uh, New, New South Castle. Wales. Is that New Newcastle? Newcastle. Uh, Robert Shaw from Unica- Newcastle University is next. You are on Joy. This is what happens if. So Hi. stick around, people. And uh, I'm just going to keep talking for a second. How about we keep talking, Jan? All right. Um, tell me about... Uh, so you mentioned you never have bad dreams. Or no, yeah. so you mentioned that you sleepwalk. I sleepwalk, yeah. And... It, the, but the funny, other funny thing about sleepwalking is that um, when I wake up, I either remember exactly what's happened. Well, that's weird. That's kooky. Yep. Mm. Or I have no recollection of what happened. And I'm certain that there's some neurological reason for that. But the first one's creepier. Well, I used to, um, when I was, uh, I, I don't know if I still do this, but apparently I used to bite. Like. Yeah, because you got a tight jaw. What are you saying? <laughs> You've got a tight jaw. <laughs> Loosen your jaw up. <laughs> well, more of this banter coming up. You're on Joy. <laughs> Why not check out one of Joy's great podcasts? Inspector Craig and Senior Sergeant John join David and Sue to talk homelessness on the streets of Melbourne. 
On local routes, Jason and Dina are joined by exciting Melbourne newcomer Taylor Piggott. And the Gender Agenda has an exclusive interview with Mama Alta. Did you know that, Daniel? They do. All these podcasts and many more available wherever you get your podcasts. I get them on my phone. Yeah, yeah. Where you listen, where you want them, when you want them. Fantastic. Joy. Hey, this is what happens if on Joy 94.9. Thanks for that, Jan. You're welcome. You're really killing those live roads tonight. Yeah. Tonight on What Happens If we're asking, what happens if I can't sleep? And uh, as I mentioned before, we are going all the way over to the UK. Yeah. Please welcome geologist from Newcastle University, Robert Shaw. Hello, Robert. Sort of. He's asleep. Not sure he's there. Robert? Okay. Oh, I've got you. Ah, brilliant. There you are. Fantastic. Hi, hello. (laughs) Oh, it's crazy here, Robert. Oh, my God. Oh, it's just, can you imagine? It's like (laughs) night time. Everyone speaks a bit weird. Um, Robert, what is your fascination? What is your fascination with 24 hour cities? Yeah, well, I think it's, uh, you know, the city is becoming more and more active at night, I think, across the world. More people are working at night, and it, it's interesting because it tells us something about how urban life perhaps differs from from forms of life before. You know, it, it takes so much for a city to be active at night. Uh, you need the lighting, you need the heating, and so it's a really kind of dynamic and interesting way to explore cities. So when when we're looking at twenty four hour cities and we're thinking about just then you mentioned lights, etc. So. When I think about mm. sleeping, I'm thinking about light and sound. Now we've got the lights on, we've got sound happening. So when we're talking about sleep, we want to be dark and quiet, right? So how do I know you've written a little bit about the effects of LED lighting and it looking like daylight. Mm-hmm. So how do planners and and um, researchers think about planning 24-hour cities so that we can sleep too? Yeah, so uh, it's people are becoming increasingly concerned, I guess, about lighting in the home. You know, the number of screens that uh, we all interact with on a daily basis so if you're uh, up at night and you, you pick up your phone by your bedside that uh, that light that screen that light that stimulates your body that encourages you to wake up and so we're becoming increasingly concerned about that and then in city street uh smart lighting is becoming much more common i don't know how that spread in in australia at all in melbourne if, you, if you've got any but increasingly certainly here you're getting lights which can switch on and off uh, according to preset times or can even start to judge uh, to sense when the streets are getting busier or quieter and become darker or lighter. We have it on those um, the escalators that move slower and then you move towards them and they get faster. <laughs> Maybe it's a similar okay, thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did, we did just do in Melbourne, we just did quite a large investment or turnover into LED lights, I know. But I'm not sure mm-hmm. if they changed the colour of them. Mm, I have to go down to Luna Park and check. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> hey, I was going to ask you about, you know, I was, I was thinking about technology in terms of 24-hour cities. And I was, I mean, you were talking about that there's this trend towards 24-hour cities. And I was thinking about things like cryptocurrency or like automation. Mm-hmm. And I think about machines and about how, I mean, they don't need to sleep. They can just work throughout the night. And I guess we need people yeah. there at, as, as the, as the, you know, as autom- automation increases, we need that people there, um, as supervisors, etc. So, how is how is technology changing the way that cities um, operate? Yeah, well, I mean, if you go right back into history, um, it, it's machines which first kind of created nighttime work for a lot of people. So, mm. in the early factories in the Victorian era, you know, those machines didn't sleep, and so you started getting night shifts and people working through the night. 
increasingly, I think technology is demanding that more people work uh, more times throughout the day. So, you know, we have this image of the night shift, I think, of uh, people in factories or people in bars who only work at night or who'll do, who'll come on to start work at, at 6 or 7 p.m. and work through to the early hours of the morning. But increasingly, more and more people are working some of their hours at night and some of their hours in the day, whether it's in the gig economy, uh, mm. Deliveroo or other other uh, companies like that, or, or professionals who are answering emails at, at 9 or 10 a.m. Uh, yeah. Sorry, 9 or 10 p.m. Mm. Robert, you uh, mentioned in your article on The Conversation about how um, uh, LGBT communities uh um, have had a lot to do with sort of the beginning of or the claiming of reclaiming of the night mm. um, as a way of sort of getting together. And Joy is obviously a LGBTI uh, radio station. Mm. Uh, I wonder what sort of other um, sort of minorities uh, have has, have existed in the night um, and uh, and maybe claim claim the night in that way. Yeah, I mean the night has often been a space that uh, minority groups have gone to in order to seek, um, I suppose, an, an escape from the surveillance of the daytime. Um, so LGBTQ groups have often um, have a long history, of course, around gay bars uh, and other organisations of meeting in the night, partly simply because it was dark. And, you know, when uh, where uh, LGBT lives were illegal, you know, that uh, was obviously an advantage. Mm. Um but still today, the night tends to have a higher percentage of black and minority ethnic workers than the daytime. Uh, immigrant workers are more likely to work at night than uh, the non-immigrants. Um, and of course, women have campaigned uh, to be allowed to be out at night. And, and very often um, throughout history, um, women, are, if, if they're attacked at night, are, are blamed for being out at night. And you still get this, I think, sense that... Um, Debates about women's safety uh, at night is often uh, often you get people who start to say, "Well, why are they going out at night? Why are they putting themselves in danger?" And mm-hmm. movements like Take Back the Night have campaigned hard for women's rights to, to use the city at night time in the same way as men. In terms of uh, the idea of a twenty four hour city, this isn't a new idea, though, is it? I mean, I guess New York has always been known as the city that never sleeps. How long has it taken the rest of the world to catch up? Well, it's still catching up, really. Um, I mean, most cities, most of the time, are, are still quite quiet and dark at night. You know, we, I think this is a direction of travel, but it's not like uh, like most cities are as active at, uh, at 4 a.m. in the morning as, as they are at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. So yeah, that's true, I guess. I think mm. there's, there's still a long time for a lot of the world to catch up, but I think that um, as cities grow, that encourages more and more nighttime activity because you start to get pressures on space during the day and that encourages people to seek out other times to, to work or to, to have leisure as well. I guess um, my experience living in Singapore, which is such a hub for um, uh, expats from all around the world, um, you know, particular banking um, and and uh, and trading, uh, the people kept crazy hours there. So that was a city that kind of... it was there was food available that's for sure um 24 hours a day pretty much mm-hmm. on every corner mm-hmm. um but you definitely don't get you still don't get that feeling that everything's open do you anywhere i wonder if that will ever happen no you um i'm not, I'm not sure it will i think it'll be a, a long time until, until it does and i think it will only be in in the very largest cities 
Um, some parts of, of, of you mentioned Singapore and, and in, in some parts of Central and East Asia, there's very interesting shift patterns happening uh, in call centers, for example, whereby you have staff working basically three overlapping shifts um, so that the, the sites are open, uh, operating all day. So in, uh, there's a, uh, a shift that would fit the waiting time of the Pacific, of Australia, of Japan, a shift that fits the waking hours of Europe and the Middle East, and then another shift to fit the waking hours of the USA. So you have a kind of a constant operation of people. And around those sites, you've started to see some kind of 24-hour operations as then, as you mentioned, kind of food and other surface, services start to, to support people on all three different shifts. So are humans... If we're looking at the bigger picture, uh, is our species uh, are we uh, sort of at at are we slaves to industry or are we creating that for ourselves? You know, you talk about. I mean, this is se- seemingly mostly to do with employment is the biggest factor here. So, are we are we are we creating? Are we sort of making our own bed here, or is it the other way around? That's an interesting question. I think that um, a lot of people who use the night are, are forced there, or a lot of people who work at night are forced there or mm. go there, not a choice. I mean, most people are, 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 uh, prefer to be awake during the day, prefer to, to be most active during the day. There's a percentage of people who are night owls. I'm not sure exactly the, the data, but it's around 10 or 20% of people um, right. actually tend to function better in the afternoon and through into the in, in through the kind of night into the early hours of the morning. So there's there's some people who would certainly rather be active there, but for a lot of people, it's you know if they're working at night, certainly that's um, that's because that's not necessarily their preference. And of course, one person's leisure at night is another person's work. If we go out to a bar or a club, someone has to has to be working there, and then someone has to work after that to clean up afterwards as well. Robert, there's a uh, nightclub in Melbourne called Revolver and you can usually go to uh, Chapel Street uh, and have breakfast uh, at about 9 or 10am on Sunday morning and you'll see uh, people stumbling out of Revolver. Is that what interests <laughs> you most about 24-hour cities? Is that where you got your love, your passion from? Are you a clubber? Uh, you know, I'm not so much, actually. <laughs> I, uh, I, it was just a, a bit of a mistake. I developed this interest and then I realised I'd have to be up through the night myself. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I've... I've I've, I've come to enjoy it. I've come to in, enjoy it. And you're right, those spaces of crossover are really interesting, um, which you certainly see on, on, on Saturday and Sunday mornings. And, and also the the opposite, I guess, uh, on a, often on a Friday evening, um, you'll have people starting their, their weekends uh, in, in the afternoon and into the early evening while other people uh, perhaps leave to go home to the suburbs. And I think there's, these crossover points are really interesting. Um, well, Robert, it's been so great having you on. Amazing. Uh, thank you. Sorry about a little technical difficulty at the beginning, but we got there and uh, it's a pleasure having you on What Happens If. Thank you very much. Thanks, Robert. Up next, we're talking dreams. <laughs> what do they mean? Here we go. <laughs> this is Joy. This is Joy. This is What Happens If on Joy 94.9. Tonight we're asking the question... What happens if, if I, I can't, can't sleep? sleep? Oh my god, it's so annoying. Tossing, turning, breathing in, scratching, <sighs> nut fire, getting up, <laughs> nut fire everywhere. It's so itchy. Oh, we shouldn't. And hope. action. And yes, yeah, sleepwalking, correct, making films when you sleep. Yeah. Uh, so much biting. Ugh, grinding your teeth. Uh, 
getting up. I don't want to get up. I need to pee. I don't want to get up. I don't want to get up. I don't want to get up. If you're trying to sleep right now, this is not what you want to be hearing. No, this is stressful. Text us in, by the way, and we always forget that. 0427-JOY-949. Text us in if you have a good, healthy remedy yeah. for getting to sleep. It's only quarter late. It's almost that time. If you're what a problem you sleeper. Right try and get to sleep. I hope you're not listening to us. That's a bad idea. Actually, it's a great idea to it's listen actually to us. It's a great idea. Um, if you are listening to us, also rate and review our podcast, by the yeah, way. Yeah, what happens if... Or go to the Instagram at <laughs> what happens if joy. You know what? Screw your sleep. Get your phone. Yeah. Get that screen right in front of your face. Yeah, it's exactly what Robert said not to do. Do it. Do it. Get the screen out. Was now, it said that? Yeah, it was. I, uh, you know I like to... You know I like lists. Yeah. I love a good list and uh, I love news.com.au as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, you search, you, su- you do things. You search for dreams and you say, tell me, tell me the most common dreams. And, of course, there's a list. Yep. So we found a song as well to play in the background. It's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> for any musical theatre fans out there, <laughs> this is the opening of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Coat. Yeah. And Donny Osmond's about to kick off soon with any dream will do. <laughs> now, Jan, talk me through... No, I'll talk you through these and you let me know if you've ever had them. Oh, okay. Hang on. Let me just... Are we waiting for him to start singing? This is good if people are trying to get to sleep while we're listening to this. A bit of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, yeah. God, he loves an intro. All right. I'm going to give it to you. The first one. Sex dreams. Oh, yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. Were they about me? <laughs> I think you asked a similar question about marriage. <laughs> is it me? Is it me? Am I pregnant with your baby? I hope I, I am. feel like I feel like sex dreams are awkward, but they happen. Let's face it. They're a bit. Let's just, let's let's. I mean, they're they're a bit over overplayed. I mean, what do you mean? The, they happen the, too often? No, because it just it just seems so obvious to me that. But, and I, I'm, I'm just going to like poo-poo this whole subject in a way. Oh, because clearly. Whatever you're dreaming about is just some subconscious um, representation, like creative representation by your brain. Yes, about something you've seen during the day, or whatever. And now, so if you so like it, it wouldn't strike me as uncommon at all if you had a sex dream about someone you saw the day before you had the sex dream. Oh my god, that's disgusting! <laughs> all right, next, <laughs> you pig. Nonsense, you absolute pig. Uh, being chased. Oh, yeah, I have that one all the time. Do That's you? my most common one. Because I don't have that one, I don't think. I couldn't recall it. It's, it's my most common one. And the the the, 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 um, the specific that's important to that one mm. is that I'm being chased and I can't run as fast as I know I can run uh, to get away. Yeah, legs are stuck. That's the key. I wouldn't mind about being chased. I'm a fast runner. Not Cement in my dream, legs. Not. That's right. Like not in, in your... Um, like in, uh, in the film we discussed, um, Melancholia. When she's stuck in the mud. It's an anxiety dream. Um, your teeth falling out. Now, You're grinding this, your teeth. this is a real one for me. Now, I've heard it's about something like uh, you're hiding something nope. or... You grind says, your I'm, teeth. I'm grinding my teeth. Yeah, so my teeth, teeth are falling out. Ask your dentist. You grind your teeth, your jaw's going... You grind your teeth. You I need, hate you it. Need a, you need a splint. Like it's me. very... Um, Anxiety. And do they sometimes just crumble into dust and fall out? Yeah. Yeah, grind, teeth grinder. Don't tell me about grinder. <laughs> uh, finding a toilet. And again, so if you need to pee, 
you might have a dream about needing to find a toilet and then you'll probably wake up and need to pee, which is most more. Well, if you know everything about dreams, why don't you go be a bloody <laughs> dream expert then? Um, what about uh, being naked in public? Ugh, awkward. Actually, that's I've never had that one. I've had this one many times where I rock up to primary school. Now, primary school is a touchy subject for me, people, because I was bullied, all right? Now, here's a... Oh, were you? Hang on. This is me walking into private school. No, primary now, school, now naked. Dream, are you you now at the time of having a dream? Yeah. Or are you, you are? So you're grown Daniel. This is me getting dropped off at the kiss and drop. Oh. Nude. As you are now. But in a primary school uniform. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a shame that's, that's over. Um... Yeah, I used, no, I, I get it a lot. And it's usually at primary school, I have a dream. I mean, I have a dream that I'm at primary school and I don't have pants on. And it's awkward and mm. um, confronting. Because it did happen. Up. My mum forgot my dressing one day. No, Aww. she didn't. She didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, the exam you haven't prepared for. Yeah, well, we were talking off air about this, and I think this is the same dream or category of dreams as the one that we've talked about where you're going on stage and whether it's choreography, uh, like dan- dance um, moves, yep. or or a song or acting, like remembering lines, yep. any of those things, forgetting any of those things, having a dream where you've forgotten it or you don't know it yet, I think that's exactly the same as what that is because it's just about not knowing a thing you're meant to know. Yeah, because I do I, I do get this one quite a lot and it's usually, which is a weird thing, but I get it as if I'm a girl who needs, who's, who's going to be, no, I'm, a, sorry, I'm myself, I'm a boy, yeah. but I'm going to be in Swan Lake. So I'm thrown on stage with all the women mm. who know Swan Lake and I'm there in full Swan Lake costume. Yep. But have no idea what the steps are. It's just you, Natalie Portman. Yeah, exactly. Back yeah. to her again. Yeah. So there's all these women d- d- flapping. Yep. Ooh. Flapping and jetting. Is that correct? Okay, okay, that's good. <laughs> around me. Yeah. And, uh, and I have point no. Shoes. Point shoes? I have, I'm in point shoes. Yep, okay. And I have no idea. So you've done your training. Well, I've done my training, but I can't keep execute. up. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can't execute it. No, exactly. And so do you wake up with a certain feeling. Is it, does oh, it come back to you later? Stressed. As hell. That's the key. That's what that dream is about. You were stressed. But that, but I'm always stressed. That's probably but, why it's recurring. It's probably why it's on the list of them. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting, isn't it, how, um, why we, um, away. There we are. Because I, in the dream, I'm telling myself, you idiot. You didn't rehearse. Mm. You're an absolute fool. You said you knew it and you didn't. Mm-hmm. You're an idiot. Mm. Why are we so harsh to ourselves? In your dreams. What else have we got? Flying. Never had it. <laughs> Tell him he's dreaming. Falling. Have it sometimes. Yeah, I've had that one. When you wake up. Oh, God, what's that? That's a real rare one for me. This one, this next one, is a real, and I re- can remember it. I can remember the times that I've had it. Okay. Driving in a car out, that's out of control. Yeah, you told me about this one. This but one's full on. I sit in the... I'm In my dreams, I'm in the back seat mm. and the car is driving and I can't get my hands on the wheel. There's no one in the driver's seat. What does it mean? What, what do you think it means? Oh, that I'm out of control of my own life. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm. That's what I think it means. Yeah, I could. Or, or I'm scared of driverless cars. <laughs> <laughs> and I always have have been before they even existed. That's a preemptive strike. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you know, my overall attitude with dreams is that there's probably a really obvious explanation from the 24 hours to 48 hours previous to having the dream. Yeah. If you, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give everyone a task. And if you're trying to go to sleep right now, give it a go. Um, if you were to do a diary of what you thought about or experienced every day, just like dot points of like, okay, yeah, I went to the, um, I went to work and someone told me off, um, I've got a deadline coming up and I had to, um, mm-hmm. and then I, um, then I watched, um, Notting Hill and oh. it made me sad, um, for some reason. Yes. Um, and then, if you just did that every day, just dot points about what you did every day, I reckon you could explain every dream you had with the stuff that happens during the day because it just makes sense. Well, there's your task, people. Yeah. The dream doctor has spoken. You're welcome. And uh, record your dreams. It's interesting, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Have you ever listened to that guy who um, sleep talks? No. There's recordings of it. It's so funny. Oh, that is funny. He's I'll... extremely rude, but it's very funny. I've had dreams where I laugh really loudly and I, oh. I feel like I've been laughing in real life. I wonder if that actually happens, where you laugh in your own sleep. We have a thing um, in in my family, and I think I got it from my dad. Um, he, he wakes up um, because there's big scary animals in the room. And um, <laughs> one time, my mum tells the story of one time he woke up and um, he was going, oh, there's a snake in here. There's a snake in here. Oh, there's a snake in here. And he's, got, he's getting up, getting up. He's jumping around, jumping around. And my mum goes, just go turn off, turn on the light and you'll see that there's no snake. And he goes, no, I can't, I can't. And she goes, why not? And he says, because it's between me and the light. <laughs> he couldn't go to the light because the snake was in the way. <laughs> Poor dad. Yeah. Oh, isn't it funny what sleep does? Yep. Well... <laughs> Uh, we hope you're getting there. You know, um, you know, uh, when, you, when someone tells you about their dreams and they're like, you're like, oh God. Yeah. Can't believe I have to listen to this dream. That's like what we just did for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> this is Joy. Well, mm-hmm. the end of another show. End of another day. What happens if I can't sleep? I hope I can sleep tonight. The night has fallen on this episode. I'm going to go home. I'm not going to have any brews. No. I'm going to go have a nice meal. Okay, what are you going to have? Um, well, I don't know. Turkey might help you sleep. Yeah? Gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> we didn't get any text, so I'm assuming everyone's asleep. <laughs> you guys you guys are fast sleepers. A little Deep naughty sleep. nod, nod, nods. Yeah, oh, we were hoping that maybe some of you would text during your sleep, but how would we know? <laughs> oh, answering, uh, asking more questions than um, they're answering. Well, uh, we thank our guests. Yes, Amy Jordan from <laughs> Unimel. And Robert Shaw from Newcastle. Wow, we went international. It was really cool. Yeah, it actually was awesome. It was great. Hey, make sure you check out our podcast, uh, uh, What Happens If, at joy.org.au forward slash what happens if, or wherever you download podcasts. It's there. Yeah. It's ready wherever for you. you want. Wherever you want. Joy. <laughs> um, we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. This is Doris Day. And Jan, as usual, I love you. Love you. Good night's sleep tonight, everyone. <laughs> Stars shining bright above you. Night breezes seem to whisper, I love you. Birds singing in the sycamore trees. Dream a little dream of. Say nighty night and kiss me. 
just hold me tight and tell me you miss me while I'm alone and blue as can be dream a little dream of me stars fading but I linger on here still craving your kiss I'm longing to linger till dawn Sleep tonight, everyone. <laughs> L G B T I. What does it spell? Joy.